You're listening to The Story Connective. In this episode, you'll hear how the children at an elementary school became rock stars. One of the things we do in these processes is we welcome all voices and we just find ways to place them and include them and again, integrate them into the whole because everyone is contributing their part. And that's part of what the joy of this was. Welcome to The Story Connective. I'm Rebecca Rhapsody. The Story Connective shares inspiring stories of possibility, resilience, and cooperation. We have a music-filled episode for you today. Pomaka'i Elementary School is a public school on the island of Maui that has become a national model for how to use the arts to inspire children to reach their highest potential in the classroom, in the community, and beyond. I spent a lovely hour with two educators hearing the stories about an innovative arts integration project that combines classroom learning, natural science, garden learning, and music. Ray Takimoto has been the arts integration coordinator and coach at Pomaka'i Elementary School since its inception and has over 30 years of experience working as an educator and champion of using arts in the curriculum and culture of schools. Melinda Carroll is a singer, songwriter, and artistic director of When We Shine, a collaborative nonprofit network of multimedia artists that supports, fosters, and celebrates thriving, diverse cultures and communities. Together with the school garden as the theme, Melinda and Ray led the children of Pomaka'i Elementary School through the entire process of creating a CD, from songwriting to professional recording to sharing the music with the world. Melinda is a professional artist who guest taught the songwriting at the elementary school, and Ray helped guide and connect the curriculum learning to the process. The CD that was created is called Songs for Change. The song lyrics focus on the relationship to the aina, which is the Hawaiian word for land. Each song has a deep reverence for the unique place that is Hawaii, where these children are taught, and I find the songs educational and enlivening. I'm thrilled to share this with you because I think the music is a wondrous and practical example of what is made possible when the arts are integrated with other learning subjects and why it's important in these times for all children everywhere to have the experience of creating art with others. At Pomaka'i Elementary School, the arts are a part of the daily life of students, teachers, and parents. Ray and Melinda believe strongly in creative potential, and they have fantastic stories of their experiences and observations of how arts can influence individuals and communities. Let's learn more. Ray, could you tell me a bit about Songs for Change? What, what is it? Songs for Change is a project that we developed so that we could connect our children to the Aina. Basically, that's it, through music. Melinda? Exactly what Ray just said. It's, <laughs> it's connecting to the Aina, but it's also teaching children how to become creators and not just consumers. By creating their connection, their story about the garden, they own it. It becomes their story. So you guys produce an album with kids, and that's the Songs for Change album. Who wrote the music on the album? The children wrote the music on the album. We started a songwriting uh, with each class, and first they had to decide on a title uh, that we would use in the class, and then we started working from the title and building out from there the story behind that title and breaking it down line by line using different artful approaches, whether it was poetry or tableau or any other ways that we creatively drew the story out. And then the result of those little exercises became 
words and lyrics and then chorus and verses and bridges and and then after we would write the words that we just put the little recorder up in front of the class and go okay who knows how to sing the first line and because they don't know that they can't they know the first line someone will sing it and you go oh great oh, who knows the second line and then we go on and then that's how the melody was created and that was magical that was magical. That was magical. I didn't expect that from the children. I knew they would have the lyrics. I knew because they loved learning mm -hmm. in the garden and mm -hmm. they loved learning about the Aina and it's, they're passionate about it. So mm -hmm. I knew they'd have a lot to contribute. Right. But having them know the song already in their imagination mm -hmm. and it just sprung forward was magic. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked every time. No, Every time. No class hesitated when you asked that question. All the different genres of music appeared. <laughs> Amazingly. It did. It did. So the songs on the album were written by different grade levels. Yes. And what you're saying is that you would be in the classroom and after the lyrics were written, you would literally just ask, does anybody know the melody? And somebody would always raise their hand and line by line, that's how the melody of these songs emerged. Exactly. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. So how many students would be in a class for this to happen? Range from 20 to about 26, 27 kids. And how did they come up with the lyrics? Well, again, we would take them through processes. And, variety of and, processes. and stretching the processes in some cases. For instance, the second grade class was working on pollinators and a symbiotic relationships. So we sort of knew our title was going to be about a butterfly and lehua. So pule lehua and lovely lehua is the name of the song. Pule lehua is a Hawaiian indigenous butterfly, and lehua is a blossom that's very unique to Hawaii. As far as writing the lyrics, we just created a brain craft board or brainstorming or whatever you want to call it, a ways to just take a subject like pule lehua and then just starting writing everything you know about pule lehua. Colors, what do they eat? When do they sleep? When do they fly? When do they, you know, all the different parts of their life cycle. Then we did the same thing with the lehua. And by doing that, then we would invite anyone to put together what's the first line of the song? And someone would come up. Here is the song Pule Lehua and Lovely Lehua, written and performed by seven and eight year olds at Pomaka'i Elementary School. It's just one of the seven original songs on the Songs for Change album.
That song is sung with such sincerity from these children. Like Melinda said, they have created something that has connected their story to the story of the Aina. I imagine that most of these students will always have a special connection with the pulelehua butterfly and the flowers it pollinates after crafting and sharing this song. Ray and Melinda had a lot to share about the kids' experience creating this music. So how did the students react when they first heard the song in its completion? They were blown away. Yeah. They were amazed. They were thrilled. They were, you could hear giggling and laughter and excitement. And mm-hmm. they were all trying to hear themselves, mm-hmm. which was funny. And what was even funnier was they could hear themselves. They go, that's me. And, oh, that's you. And that's so-and-so. <laughs> it just, it thrilled them. Even the first day that we say we completed a verse, because we always recorded every day as we went so they could hear, get instant feedback Mm -hmm. of what we just did. And even those little sessions, they were already going, whoa, (laughs) did we just do that? It was really a fun process for them. And I think they were surprised at the outcome of what you could do in that short of time and um, just unexpected and the other thing was we naturally fell into these genres that we mentioned earlier right. um, the kids did the kids found their genre we, we, we would set it up of what is the energy behind this title how do you want people to feel when they hear your song you want them to feel energized or happy or do you want to feel you know sympathetic you want them to open their heart I mean they told me what they wanted them to feel and then we based the genre from that point of how it was expressed gives me such respect for what kids are able to do and how they connect to their hearts in that way. Kids can do anything. They're only limited by our expectations. Done. Put them up here, they go there. And that's exactly what happened. There were classes like the fourth grade class Mm -hmm. who had the biggest title. Their title basically was the wellness of the Aina is the wellness of the people which is a pretty broad concept. And it literally took us a couple of sessions to break that down and we ended up stretching into a tableau style Mm -hmm. of theater technique to sort of embody the elements of that title. And in that class, for instance, they broke up in groups of four or five and each little group had to become an aspect of the Aina, whether it was the soil or the water or the rocks or the bugs, and then within their little group, they also had a line that they would say from that point of view of the water, or the rocks, or the soil, or the bugs. And from the very first line of the song, which is, I am a prayer, and I'm grateful for freedom, that literally was a line spoken from the perspective of their little pod groups. And every lyric, of that song was what came out of that tableau. And that's why the arts integration works so well, because that was such an abstract concept. And when you take a big abstract concept like that, it's going to go, and kids, they need something tangible Mm -hmm. to sink their teeth into. So by taking the role of something in our Aina and speaking from the Aina, they could make this abstract into something concrete. Mm-hmm. That they could connect and feel yes. and share with each other. Each person could relate to what they were saying. And putting it into their bodies helps them find the words. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That does sound pretty magical. 
Here is the song The Living Earth, written and performed by 9 and 10 year olds at Pomaka'i Elementary School. story behind that song and how the students had to actually embody and speak from the various perspectives of the land to better understand and put into words this abstract concept of the song's original title, The Wellness of the People is the Wellness of the Aina. Now that you've heard some of the songs, let's get a bit more into how these songs are a wonderful example of arts integration.
So the different grade levels had different categories or subject areas that they were working with. Where did these categories come from? Every grade level chooses their focus. So arts integration, I think we should explain what arts integration is first. Great. Arts integration is an approach to learning. It's an approach that both constructs or builds understanding in that process, as well as it demonstrates understanding of their learning through an art form. So it takes an art form and another content area. And both of these um, disciplines have their own objectives. So you're not just using the arts to get to the science, but you are using both of them equally to learn together. And so all of the children in every grade level have an area of study in garden and in, you know, in the environment. And so it was all selected by their teachers and the children. And so like in kindergarten, theirs was just about appreciating being in the garden space, living in there, feeling alive in there, digging in the dirt and, and um, noticing. Noticing is a big deal in our school. So noticing the beauty all around them, noticing all the different little life forms that you take for granted. And they do this through drawing and singing and acting and dancing. They move, we do a lot of movement. Anything else that you guys want to add in about the creation of the music in the classrooms? What's important with this process is that it builds the sense of community in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So one child will share an idea and another child will glom onto it. And that's how these objectives grow and get bigger and, and deeper because it's all collaborative. Mm -hmm. It's not kids doing this in isolation mm -hmm. and giving their ideas in isolation, but they're doing it all together. So it grows this family in your classroom as well as deepens their own understanding of, of what they're learning about, which in this case is nature. That was great. And then you had some children who were just really great with the lyric idea. And then you had some who could really sing and really dance it or really, you know, they, <laughs> each one had their own, they found their way into the song, but everyone participated. And that's the power of the arts. It is. The power of the arts, it evens the playing field. It includes all types of learners, all capabilities, everyone shines. The other thing, <laughs> the other thing they did was they moved. Yeah. So dance. For some kids, the understanding and the and the song didn't come to them till they could move their bodies mm -hmm. and dance. And in that in mm -hmm. that rhythm and they're getting into their groove, mm -hmm. ideas came out. That's true. So what's also really amazing about this project is that you guys took it up another level. It wasn't just that the music stayed in the classroom and then that's as far as it went. But you guys created a whole album with this. I was driving around Maui recently and I heard one of the songs on the radio. That's incredible. How did this professional element of really turning this into a professional CD come about? And what was the effects of that? I have to say, it all goes back to possibilities. Melinda said at the beginning of the year, we might want to make an album. And I thought, are you crazy, lady? <laughs> I really did. We're just, we're, I said, we're going to write songs and let's just go there. Well, when we heard the quality of the music, the quality of the songs, and the children's voices being so, you know, just lifted by it, we just said, 
we've got to make an album. Let's go for it. How much is this going to cost? What is it going to take? What do we need to do? And within one month, we put that idea into action. Okay. And within a month and a half, we had already recorded that album. It was like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the magic. This is what is possible. And for the children, I think, for the result of writing these songs together and then singing, and then having something to share and give around to their mm-hmm. their parents and their grandparents, and uh, not just that, with a community, it, it was such a validation of their ability to create and to evolve it forward. I mean, again, what we're saying is true. Those songs, we we, we didn't know what they were going to write. We were I was ready for anything. <laughs> and um, but I have had experiences when um, you don't have an expectation that that you get surprised sometimes by uh, the gifts that come forward and inspiration that happens. And we were also really fortunate to have John Cruz, who's been a super, he's a local singer, songwriter, entertainer, who was coming through the school and along with Yo Martin, Mm -hmm. who listened to the songs and who was also inspired to join us in the recording. So that was an extra added bonus, uh, just to support the effort and to add, uh, again, community validity to the quality of what was going on. Basically, the songs were great, and we wanted to share it. Mm, Right. And these songs are being shared far and wide. They've been downloaded in over eight different countries, and they are taking on a life of their own. Here's the song Namako Oka Aina. It is written and performed by eight and nine-year-olds at Pomakai School and a special guest. Grammy award-winning musician John Cruz loved this project so much he joined the kids in the school's makeshift recording studio and shared his talents with the project. Me to do the right thing, she wait and see. 
take care of others, the animals and trees, the bugs, the plants, the birds and the bees. Enjoy the beauty of every day. If you listen, you hear her say, please take care and be aware. Wisdom in these songs have indeed created ripple effects, and this is what arts integration place-based learning does. I got the chance to delve deep into the trends Ray and Melinda have observed and what moments of impact they've witnessed from arts being integrated into the daily life of students, teachers, and the surrounding community. Let's get back into arts integration. Can you talk a little bit more about arts integration and what the benefits are that come from that? Okay, so we talked about what arts integration is. The impact that it has is that it engages all children. It even evens the playing field. All kids have a voice in their learning. And it's because it utilizes so many different strengths that isn't typically shown through paper, pencil kind of work. It enlivens your school community both inside and outside. Inside because when you are doing something creative together with a group of people, you get happy. It bonds people together and it creates a community. Uh, when you share this arts integration outside of the community to parents and other community members and involve them, they get inspired equally as well and wants to be more involved with with school with kids third teachers so when teachers learn do the arts together it does the same thing that it does when students do the arts together it creates a joyful learning experience it challenges all kinds of learners but at the same time it brings in all learners. Teachers develop an empathy for what children need to do in their classrooms because it's not easy to do arts integration. It's not easy to participate in it and it's not easy to facilitate it. So it's got to be worth it. And when you do it together and you take those big risks together, you make the magic happen of learning and joyful experiences then it just keeps growing. I want to say that what I felt more than anything at Pumaikai School was this beautiful sense of belonging, not just to the classroom, but the whole school. And that, that was a really palpable feeling that everyone is an artist. Everyone has unlimited 
choices in what they how they can express and create and be and what I also felt energetically and I've been in a, a lot of different schools was the communication was so open between the children and the teachers and even when we had parents sharing days the whole nonviolent communication thing becomes a moot point because yeah. there's it just opens up this whole other way to be expressive and to be who you are freely to do the arts means you've got to be fully participating and so you can't have kids tuning out and sitting on the side it doesn't work that way um, a lot of it involves collaboration and team so the team the group depends on each individual to do their part in order to create whatever it is they're showing whether it's a tableau or a dance they have to be there and be present for teachers teachers traditionally typically work in a classroom and you have a teacher and you have your children and you have your four walls well the arts break down those walls it breaks down the barriers and so when teachers are um, learning together like that it's amazing how much more they want to share with each other how much more they collaborate and problem solve together to meet the needs of the children it does the same thing as it does for the kids so you have a, a school that has a vision for all the children, not just my kids or my class. Um, as far as the community goes, a lot of times parents in our communities, they a lot of times they look at schools as it's the job of the school to do the education. And especially in communities that are struggling with, uh, I'm thinking about, the higher poverty communities that have um, less achievement in the schools, that kind of schools. You know, I've witnessed families coming into the schools to do art projects and wanting to become a part of the school. They typically had uh, negative experiences in the past. And, and then here's their child going in. And so they associate being called into the school as, oh, oh what am I going to be told? My kid didn't do this or didn't do that or is absent too much or caused this kind of disruption. It's usually a negative thing. And when you use the arts, parents, those barriers break down and parents come in because they feel welcome and invited to be part of the school. When people take that kind of a big risk to create, because creativity is, mm. is risk-taking. It's it vulnerable. opening yourself up to the world. And so when people do that together, yeah. you not only develop a stronger sense of self, but you develop a stronger sense of who you are in the community with others. Mm. So that happens with children. It happens with our parents. It happens with the teachers. It happens with the greater community outside who wants to be involved. And they've... It just draws people in. So, Melinda, do you have any stories of specific moments that happened during this project where you could just see a child being changed through this process? Um, there were a lot of inspired moments in the actual recording uh, of process. We ended up sort of commandeering the library and wedging out an area and um, David Koahikawa, my co-producer, flew over from Honolulu and set up the microphones we needed and the whole recording board and everything and then we had some tiers left over from choir there and, and we set them up and we literally would record 
each class individually. So we had full participation from the entire school. And then we had uh, so a chance to record the whole group. And then when we had enough time, we would play it back so they could hear themselves. And of course, that was wow. Um, but when we started breaking it down for a few soloists to come in and put their headphones on and would sing, you know, the lyric, and like you could see them the first time they could hear their voice singing back to them and hear themselves uh, with the music and the beat and oh my gosh they would just step up the game i mean it was like oh i'm a professor singer now so here's how i sing and it just really go for the best that they could do it was very it was so much fun witnessing that and then just you know drawing it out and encouraging that to happen as much as it could it was great I keep thinking about these little faces. There's this one little girl who rarely spoke in class, who rarely, I mean, she would participate, but her voice seemed so small. And when she sang, her whole body just lit up. And she, you could hear her voice distinctly. And people would be shocked that she was this, you would think that she was this outgoing, gregarious young lady and instead of a shy little girl. But when she sang, oh man, the confidence that came out of her. Mm-hmm. And then I think about this boy in the third grade who his family had been, has been going through a lot of turmoil. And he was getting into a trouble left and right out in the playground. And, and um, but when he belonged in the community of the children singing together. It's like being in a choir, right? Your voice has to be together. And I watched him, the sense of peace and ease come over him as he, as all their voices kind of melded together. And every time he sang, every time we had those classes, he'd have a great day at school. Mm. Then there was this other boy, in the um, fifth grade, and he's kind of a macho guy, tough and quiet. And you know, you just never expected him to come out. And like you said, when he put those headphones on, mm-hmm. his voice, he could hit these high notes that just surprised all of his classmates. And it, it seemed to me that he kind of walked a little bit prouder. <laughs> after that throughout the rest of the school year he was known for something different mm. that was surprising it was surprising yeah. uh, there, there was so much talent yeah. and uh, that's part of it too is the wound that a lot of people carry around about their singing voice mm-hmm. and or even about dancing but there is a Native American saying that says when we stop singing when we stop dancing we lose part of our soul and so by reclaiming that, your voice, and reclaiming this ability to express and move, it's very empowering. And it's so much fun to witness children who haven't had anyone tell them they can't sing or they sing off key. Because one of the things we do in these processes is we welcome all voices. And we just find ways to place them and include them, and again, integrate them into the whole. Because everyone is contributing their part. And that's part of what the joy of this was, was having everyone be a stakeholder and creating something beautiful. So they really brought their best. Every voice on the recording. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) 
These voices on the CD also include the voices of the teachers. At Pumakai Elementary, everyone participates in the arts. The arts are integrated into the culture of the school as well as the curriculum. All of the teachers model how to be creative learners. Here are the school teachers performing their original song, E Ku'u Mala'ai. Imagine if your grade school teachers had written a song blessing your journey as you grew into the world. Can you imagine having a song like this to always go back to and listen to over the years? Melinda and Ray are developing more and more ways to give people opportunities to experience the arts as a blessing in their lives and communities. Ray, 2018 has been your last year at Pomakai Elementary School, where you've been for quite a few years now. Can you talk about what's next for you? I've just retired from the Department of Education after 31 years of teaching and being in schools. But that doesn't mean I haven't stopped working. So my passion has always been to bring people together, um, 
my passion is world peace, really. <laughs> and I believe that we can do that through the arts. And so um, I wanted to still be involved and I wanted to use the strengths and the skills that I had and the contacts that we have to support not just Pomekai School, but to support all public schools on Maui. And um, so we did, we created an organization called uh, Friends of Pomekai. And I've become the program director of Friends of Pomekai. And so our vision is to inspire the arts as a blessing for all. And so when I think about the blessing for all, I believe all human beings have an inalienable right to the arts, to free expression, to creativity, to that kind of a learning that, that elevates you. And so that's what that organization is about, is doing that in schools and doing it in communities around us. And we have three kind of big rocks to that. One is to um, support the innovative projects at Pomaika'i School. Pomaika'i is the model arts integration school, not just in Hawaii, but nationally. And so in order to maintain and, and grow a school like that, you've got to have innovation happening. And so Friends of Pomaika'i supports projects that don't exist yet. Second is in order to pull off arts integration well, you need to have inspired teachers who have the skills which means they need to have professional development. So Friends of Pomaika'i also offers high quality um, professional development, not just for Pomaika'i teachers, but for all teachers who want to participate. Last year, we had over 64 different teachers participating in our PD from Maui, from Oahu, a couple from the mainland, you know, so I think that we're going to continue to do that as well. Um, the other, the third, is to create events in our community. Uh, we want to share it. You know, why keep it just in schools? It's to be shared with everyone. And we want to create little kind of pop-up events, um, looking for those opportunities that we can use arts integration to help uh, elevate the awareness of the needs of our, our environment, of our island, of our aina, help people fall in love with our aina again and see it again so that they'll be willing to fight for it. Melinda, you're the artistic director of When We Shine. Can you talk a bit more about that? When We Shine was an idea that was born in 2016 uh, at a Arts for Change event that was hosted by the Girl Guide Network in India at the Sangam World Center there. And um, during that workshop, we had 60 participants from 30 countries, um, including Cambodia, Uganda, New Zealand, I mean, literally from all over the world. And we were there to learn a specific arts and ways to combine arts integration into telling stories with young women and helping to transform their stories into who they are now and who they want to become. My friend Jen Baron was co-conspirator as we combined these different art mediums, multimedia. So we had theater, we had dance, uh, songwriting, uh, photography, uh, visual, and we each found out with this group of 60 women participants, a song that we wrote out of that event 
that we co-wrote with the participants was called When We Shine. And it became a Bollywood style, big beat song that everyone loves so much, we ended up recording it right there in India before I left. Well, the song took a life of its own after that event, and it started traveling around the world to places like Syria, Egypt, places you can't even imagine. And it, it's now come back and translated in different countries. That, that inspiration of that song held for me a seed idea that it was possible to create this kind of event or events like this using art as a way to transform, galvanize, and inspire community. So out of that was born the idea that we need to create a nonprofit, a way to invite donors, invite different kinds of grant projects and individuals who might want to contribute toward the arts like we had so generously done with Puma Ka'i School. But to be able then to take and create more projects, integrative art projects, not just at Puma Ka'i, but other schools or in other areas of the community that need to be heard and whose voices have been quiet far too long. And it has a healing and a very wonderful domino effect for the entire community. So when we shine is showing up and being your best and doing your best and giving other people permission to shine as well. So we have a couple of projects mm-hmm. that we're thinking about doing mm-hmm. together and actually not just thinking about, we're planning it. Mm-hmm. One is taking the songs for change kind of model. And we already have another group of teachers who are presently writing curriculum for educating all schools for the purpose of understanding how we take care of our own land and how fragile it is. And so they want to write some songs. And we're going to make that happen. (laughs) Another one is Aina and the Arts. And that Aina and the Arts will be looking for schools that have already made some kind of commitment in garden and some kind of commitment in the arts. And we'd like to help them bridge that and the community by taking children out into farms and making the farm their investigative learning place, their investigative creative learning place for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but not ending there, but having children learn and um, harvest or harvest seeds of some sort mm-hmm. or start plants, bring them back to their classrooms, grow them, and then doing a mahalo for the farmer so that we elevate the farmer as well and we're looking for ways to make that public. These are just two of the ideas and there's more coming (laughs) every day. Mm -hmm. Do you find that art creates resiliency in people and in communities? Yes, art creates resiliency. I see it in the classroom over and over and over again for, like I said, 32 years, 31 years. When children participate in the arts, they are invested in what they're creating. And so they don't give up. They want to keep working at it. And, you know, in school, we call it revision. And normally when you think about revision, you think of children going, what, I got to do it again. But in the arts, the kids will ask for it. Let me try this again. When you think about resiliency, you think about not giving up. And when 
children are participating in the creative process actually when adults are, when anyone is, they develop this sense of self, like I said, in the group. And they, in the creative process, you're so invested in what you're doing that you want it to show at the very best you know how at the time. And so you keep sticking to it. And the more someone sticks to something, the more someone keeps persevering through, the stronger that, it's like a perseverance muscle, the stronger that persistence becomes for that human being. And I mean, I see it from all age groups. When you're a baby, when you're a little toddler, it's natural. Children don't give up until they become judged until they go into a system that ranks you or grades you. But when they're little, they just keep trying at whatever they believe in, right? You don't see a child fall down learning to walk and say, I give up, I'm not gonna walk anymore, <laughs> right? So, so it's, that's, what, that's what the arts does. It's kind of like reconnects you to that sense of um, wanting more. And, and it's because I think the reason why is because it pulls at your heart, it engages your mind, and it lifts your spirit all at the same time. You know, Daniel Pinks has this quote. He says, um, how we need to prepare our children um, for their future, mm. not for our past. Mm. And that's how schools function right now, traditionally is that we're relying on our past experiences and then we perpetuate it in the educational system. Well, that's not gonna help our kids for a future that they don't know. We don't even know what it's going to be like. So we need to help these children learn to be problem solvers, creative risk takers, collaborators. Mm -hmm. We need to have children who grow up and ask hard questions. And that's what the arts does. Mm -hmm. It wakens them up and it gives them that sense of self so that they know that they can feel empowered to find their voice, use it, and be at the same time conscious of the world they live in and the people they live with. Creative and cultural solutionaries are becoming a way to bypass or override, and I won't call it broken systems that we have, our social systems, but they have gone as far as they can go in some cases. And we need to find new ways to relate, to feel a sense of belonging in our community so that we can galvanize and make the changes we need. The arts offer these wonderful ways to invite people in the conversation and in the room. And it's becoming so, uh, like a movement right now nationally and internationally called social artistry, which is also creating its own language around that. Uh, the placemaking, again, cultural solutionaries, um, these phrases that are coming out and finding this innovation. First, finding your place where you can agree and then starting from that point where you know you agree, for instance, we all agree we would like to raise healthy children. When you start from that center point, it makes it easy to see where that's not in, in a line. So social artistry is a way to come in and the arts offer this wonderful, again, creative way to meet each other and see each other. This has never been a time when we need this more. I think as a community, because arts enliven, and mm -hmm. that means arts energizes. 
So if the arts are energizing the community and you're, you're up for a battle or you're up for change, change isn't easy, change is hard. So you need something that's gonna feed you and energize you and inspire you to keep going. And that's how it builds resiliency in a community. Mm. I love this project, and I love getting to hear the stories from both Melinda and Ray. I think this project is such a strong example of social artistry, of people coming together to make something creative and larger than any individual with multiple transformative benefits for many. It's why I'm so passionate about social artistry, and it's why I want to be a part of projects like this. And you can be a part of it, too. Please check out the CD. The revenue from the Songs for Change album goes straight back into supporting innovative art projects that connect children with the Aina, with nature, with that which feeds and sustains us. You can purchase and download the CD wherever you get your music online. The CD is also available to stream on music sites. And if you happen to be on Maui, you can buy a hard copy of the CD at Native Intelligence Store in Wailuku, or at Pomaka'i School in the Creative Literacy Library. Learn more about Rei Takimoto and what she's up to at friendsofpomaka'i.org. Learn more about Melinda Carroll and what she is up to at whenweshine.org, where you can find links to connections, partnerships, alliances, and instructions on where to download the CD. Remember, all revenue from the CD goes directly back into creating opportunities for connecting kids to the arts and to the land. So go check it out. We hope Melinda and Ray have inspired you to envision what's possible for arts integration at your neighborhood school. What's an inspiring thing that's happened at a school near you recently? Please share it with us. Write your story or record it and send it to us. We love hearing your stories. Email rhapsody at storyconnective.org or connect with us on social media. Thank you so much for listening to our monthly podcasts. And we have some news. The Story Connective is going on a short break as we go to visit family and friends for the holidays. We'll be back again with our next production in a couple of months, March 2019 to be exact. And we look forward to sharing more stories with you next year in 2019. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us get the word out and attract more listeners. Also, Story Connective runs on donations. Our 501c3 mission and vision of bringing inspiring stories of resilience and possibility to the world is supported by listeners like you. You can make a one-time donation at rally.org storyconnective or become a patron, meaning you give us a donation each time we create a piece of content. Learn more at patreon.com slash storyconnective or by using the Be a Patron button on the Podbean podcast app. We really appreciate your support. Special thanks to the students and teachers of Pumaka'i School, Melinda Carroll, Ray Takemoto, Lehua Simon of Malamalama Maui, John Cruz, the When We Shine Network, Friends of Pumaka'i, and of course, our nonprofit partner, Elsa. Audio recording by Loxy Clovis at storyconnective.org. Audio production by Loxy Clovis. The intro song is Which That Is This by Dr. Turtle, released under the Creative Commons Attribution License. The songs from Pomaka'i Elementary School featured in this podcast are Pule Lehua and Lovely Lehua by second grade students, The Living Earth by fourth grade students, Na Maka'oka Aina by the third grade students featuring John Cruz, E Ku'u Mala Ai by the Pomaka'i teachers, and the outro song is Ohana, the sing-along version by first grade. All songs shared with permission from Inspire Media, all rights reserved, from the year 2018. 
We are grateful to our nonprofit partner, ELSA, at ELLSSA.org. The purpose of this audio interview is for nonprofit education news and commentary. This podcast is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Like License. Thank you for listening to the Story Connective.